Welcome to the FDF podcast, Passionate About Food and Drink, sponsored by Clark Energy. My name is Natalie Werner, and I'm the Senior Sustainability and Environmental Policy Executive here at the Food and Drink Federation, and I lead on water policy. I'm delighted to have with me today Ben Edmonds, who is one of Water Plus Senior Leadership Team and Head of Strategy, Performance and Insight, leading work on customer engagement approaches at Water Plus. Water Plus has sponsored the environmental leadership category of our upcoming awards, so we're having them on to discuss some of the basics of water and the importance of not overlooking these to help drive efficiency, opportunities and results for the environment too. So Ben, um, let's let's get to know you a bit more and what your role covers at Water Plus. I think firstly just uh, a little bit more about Water Plus because I think the water retail market is kind of little known still, even though the open water market has been open for about six or seven years now but we are the the uk's largest water retailer so we cover about 26 percent of the uk market share so that means we serve over 300,000 customers providing water retail services customer services billing and insights and water sustainability support so that's who water plus are and then more specifically around my role so i guess as my, my title suggests i'm responsible for strategy and performance more focused on the commercial and trading side of the business. Uh, but the more interesting bit is I'm also responsible for market insights. And that ultimately is about making sure that Water Plus has got the right products and services to meet our sort of ever evolving customer needs. Kind of a question around manufacturers now. Uh, manufacturers monitor the cost of raw materials uh, and water is a key element of factoring in costs for products and processes. So how does Water Plus help organisations with that? As I said before, you know, we so we're, we're the largest retailer, which means we've got tons and tons of data, which is great because we can use that data. We can analyse it and use all of our experience and expertise to identify opportunities and then work with customers more closely around reducing water consumption and, and supporting their you know, environmental targets. Um, when we focus on on sort of large food manufacturers in particular, typically our, our customers in that space will have a key account manager and they'll um, be able to perform audits uh, first and foremost. So get more familiar with the customer's manufacturing process and actually physically get on site and then identify where there is opportunity, where they think there might be opportunity to save water or, or perhaps do things a little bit differently that could save water or save money or, or both, which is, I guess, the ideal situation. Um, where that would normally lead to as a starting point, and this is it's something that I've observed particularly in terms of going to conferences and speeches in the industry over the last kind of 12 to 18 months, is a lot of larger manufacturers in particular, you know, really, really focused environmentally, and they've got lots of great, initiatives and projects and so forth in flight around improving their environmental footprint, reducing carbon, a lot of focus on on circular economy. But sometimes I think we overlook some of the basics, uh, in particular with water. And, and the most basic thing we can do as a starting point for water is around monitoring consumption. So a lot of larger industrials, um, and again, particularly in the food and drink space, Batteries can have been on the same belt for, for a long time. You know, we see many customers where they're still in the same spot where the factory was originally launched, maybe 100 years ago. And over time, it's grown arms and legs and 
they've invested and built upon it and they, they have this huge kind of this huge sites with lots of different elements to it lots going on but they might only have one or two wholesaler meters and those meters might not even be read that regularly if, if you're down to just what's required as part of the market codes they're only going to be read twice a year so what we would do with customers like that is, is firstly recommend installing um, submeters so customers can get a better idea on consumption in different parts of their estate rather than just seeing an overall number that comes in so if there is a problem it's much easier to isolate whereabouts that problem might be and it also helps with manufacturing to understand what part of the manufacturing process might be the most inefficient or, or areas of opportunity to improve that and then we can also provide additional meter reading equipment like data loggers, which is almost the water equivalent to a smart meter. They give us regular sort of pulse reads so we can monitor consumption as regularly as every 15 minutes so that when there is a problem or an issue, we'll know about it pretty quickly and we can notify the customer and work with them to identify where there could potentially be a leak or, or, or any other sort of issue and and then work with them to get that repaired, which is also some of the services we provide around leak detection and repair as well. So that's that's the, the kind of main focus around uh, monitoring consumption and being able to identify leaks and if there's any kind of issues around uh, you know, particular parts of the a manufacturing process, which might be more inefficient uh, opportunity to to improve that. As well as consumption, one, one of the areas that we, we can work with with larger industrial customers in particular is around water harvesting. So again, typically in the UK, we, we use drinking water for, for things where we don't need drinking water. And I appreciate that in food and drink manufacturing in particular, there's gonna be a lot of diligence to make sure that it, it is clean drinking water quality in terms of water that's directly used as part of the manufacturing process. But a lot of these, the, these kind of sites have got lots of different parts to them. They don't always typically need to be drinking water quality, whether it's down to cleaning, you know, trucks and lorries and things like that. I know these are things that you kind of see. So th there's always opportunity around harvesting rainwater and then also sort of isolating some of the water that might be used as part of the manufacturing process and then recycling that and using it again, rather than it just going down the drain uh, and, and going straight back into, into the sewers. So there's lots of opportunities that we can support around grey water harvesting and recycling water on site. Uh, and then the, the, the final area that Water Plus can, can absolutely offer expertise and not necessarily about reducing consumption, but certainly helping customers reduce cost is, is using our expertise around the actual setup and the structure of the market. So there's certain elements in water um, that are fixed costs based on bandings that have been applied typically by the wholesaler. So that could be surface water and highway drainage, so water that lands in large yards, car parks and stuff like that. The price that uh, a customer will pay for that is based on a banding that's been calculated by the wholesaler. But there's plenty that can be done to, to reduce those bandings, you know, as simple as installing small green areas or shale and stuff like that. So less water is, is draining back into the sewers uh, and has been used that way. Um, and we can also do things looking at trade effluent bandings as well. So customers will have trade effluent costs again applied by the wholesaler based on the quality of the trade effluent that gets returned to the sewer. Uh, but we can work with customers to improve that quality and, and, and get that banding reassessed. And we've had quite a lot of success in that space in terms of reducing customer spend 
by uh, by the customer paying less per unit of trade effluent that gets returned um, to the wholesaler. Mm, it's interesting to hear more about water plus there. Um, next question for you is um, around kind of FDF and its members because they're committed to reducing CO2 emissions, promoting efficient water use and building a more circular economy for packaging. Um, just in general, what do you think the key things that companies and manufacturers, including the food and drink sector, need to keep in mind with water and its links to energy and carbon emissions? I think that's that's a great question. And, you know, we, we all know that there's a big focus at the moment around reducing carbon in particular, and a lot of organisations have committed to net zero targets. Um, but there's also a term that can be used, which is is net carbon vision, I believe is the right term, carbon tunnel vision, sorry, which is almost where perhaps we can get too focused on reducing carbon and, and lose sight of some of some of the other elements that that we can work on to improve sustainability as a whole. And I think water in particular is one of them. Now, now don't get me wrong, there is a direct link between water and carbon because a huge amount of water that is consumed is heated. So logically, if you're using less water, you're heating less water and that utilises less energy. So typically, if you use less water, you will reduce your energy use and, and use less carbon. But we need to make sure that we're focusing on, on water in its own right. And I think more broadly, it's worth remembering that under the, the current consumption in the UK, we are heading to a water crisis if it doesn't change. And I think a lot of people don't appreciate that because, you know, if you live in the UK, it rains all the time and you consider, wow, it's a really wet country. There's no way that we could be heading towards water shortages. But the reality is that that, that is the case. And it's, it's estimated now that broadly, so just on personal use before getting to more business specific numbers, um, personal use of water has gone up by 60% since the 1960s and the population has grown by 13 million over that time as well, which actually means that in the UK we're using twice as much water now compared to 60 years ago. If we continue with the current use of consumption and nothing is improved and nothing is done to reduce it, um, we're probably going to face a water deficit by 2050, which isn't really that, that far away in the grand scheme of things. So the government recognised this and uh, and you're probably aware that they have recently introduced specific targets around reducing consumption and that includes one for the non-household market. So there is a specific target that came from DEFRA that got written into legislation I think earlier this year, um, which is a 9% reduction in non-household water consumption. So as an industry we've got a responsibility to reduce consumption and I think every every sort of industrial customer will recognise that and see that as being an important part of their environmental pledges moving forward. When we look towards the non-household industry in particular and its role to play in consumption in the UK, uh, it's estimated by Mosul, who are the market operators for the non-household water market, that 3% of non-household customers use 70% of non-household consumption which equates to 20% of all consumption in the UK. So we can say that 3% of our non-household customers are using 20% of all water consumption in the UK. And a lot of those are going to be large industrial customers because by their very nature, they're going to have high water use as part of that manufacturing process. 
So I think what we need to do is make sure that we recognise that being sustainable is more than just reducing carbon. And it's also important to recognise that reducing water consumption, as great as it can be to do it across a global supply chain, there needs to be a specific focus on the UK as well. Because if we don't reduce our consumption, we are heading towards water shortages in the UK. I suppose with my next question, you may have covered a little bit of this already, but why would you say um, looking at water is often more critical for food and drink businesses? And then um, have you got any examples that you could share with us in terms of uh, what you're seeing with organisations you're working with in England and Scotland? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think I've covered that quite quite a bit in, uh, in your previous question there around just how important it is to make sure that we have got a focus on water consumption and, and reducing it and, and conserving water, particularly in the food and drink manufacturing space, because the, the use of water is, is so large in that space. Um, and the great thing is that you know we, we work with a large number of, of, of big and medium sized manufacturers and food and drink manufacturers. And, and we're seeing that many of them are proactively doing something about this already. So whether it's independently or working alongside Water Plus, we're starting to see, you know, new environmental targets. We're starting to see commitments around how they're going to reduce their water consumption. So I think a lot of people in the space have woken up to this already, which is really positive to see. And they recognise that water is vital for food and drink manufacturing. It's a, it's a vital component of any food and drink and manufacturing process. But it is important to make sure that that process is um, is environmentally conscious and it is sustainable and being sustainable is always going to be about water conservation so i think a lot are recognizing it and, and if they're not they're certainly coming on this journey quickly um, and in terms of some of the benefits that water plus have been able to provide to customers uh, i've got some numbers in front of me you uh, you may be surprised by um, so particularly through the use of the data loggers so these are the smart meter sort of type of meters that you see in the water industry that I referenced earlier. We've got several thousands of these installed for our customers now. Uh, and these are the ones that allow us to have a 15 minute pulse read. So we, we can see if there's a leak or a rapid increase in consumption almost immediately. Over 12 months through utilizing the data logo meters that we've got, we were able to stop uh, 976 million liters of water being wasted if it had gone unchecked through leaks, uh, the total cost of that would have been about three million pounds uh, if that water continued to be consumed without any intervention. Uh, and that's just through a couple of thousand data loggers across our customer base. Uh, we saw one customer in particular whose consumption increased from 200 litres an hour to 2000 litres an hour um, due to a burst pipe, due to cold temperature. And I think it's important to remember that with leak detection, data loggers and so forth. Most leaks are not visible, they're underground. So if you do not have regular meter reads or some way of, of getting that data and seeing those reads regularly, it's unlikely that, that you're going to know about it until the read is, is, is next read as part of the, the regular cycle. And that could be for months. So without some sort of way of identifying these reads quickly and identifying leaks quickly, quite significant leaks can be taking place underground and go completely unchecked for months on end. And that's a lot of water and a lot of unnecessary money spent, um, which a data logger or something similar could have prevented. 
Um, and I think that the, the crazy thing for me is that a lot of larger manufacturers in particular, they spend millions of pounds a year with some water. Uh, small frying compared to energy costs was still quite a significant spend overall. Investing in submeters and smart metering technology typically will cost you a few thousand pounds, even a few hundred pounds if you're only going to get one or two. It's a small investment, really, for such a large benefit that that can bring by identifying these things quickly, which means that we can get on top of them quickly. Um, so as we start to wrap up, Ben, uh, what would uh, your two key points be for those in the sector listening to keep in mind and take away with them? Great question. And I think it, it's, it's reiterating some of the points I've already made. The, the first one for me is is all about make sure, making sure that awareness around how important water conservation and reducing consumption in the UK as a whole is. You know, I go back to the point I made earlier that because the UK is, is renowned for being a wet, rainy country, a lot of people don't instinctively recognise that we are seeing water shortages and we are seeing, you know, we are heading towards a water crisis in the UK if we don't change behaviours. And because energy is such a large cost in comparison to water, typically, water is seen as a generally cheap uh, material, um, particularly compared to energy, it can often be overlooked. So it's great, it's really important to have those carbon um, targets and absolutely doing the right thing and we should continue to do that. But let's not overlook how important it is to have a focus on water as well and making sure that businesses are making those commitments to reducing consumption and making sure that their water use is efficient uh, and then working with experts or, or the likes of Water Plus to help them achieve those targets. And I think the second one would always be don't overlook the basics and having a good handle on consumption is absolutely the basics. You know, don't rely on just one or two wholesaler meters on large manufacturing sites to give you the, the amount of insights and data that you need to be able to track and measure um, consumption and identify if there are issues. You know, we can work with large industrials and, and food and drink manufacturers, we can install submeters and smart metering technology and give customers just way more um, data, insights and visibility into their infrastructure and, and the consumption and where it's being used and where there's potentially wastage. So let's not overlook the basics. Let's make sure we've got a good handle on, on data, on consumption, utilising meter reads. Um, it's small investment and, and the benefits can be massive. I suppose my final question is how can our listeners stay in touch with you guys at Water Plus? They can reach out to us through any of the usual um, channels. By all means, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to hear from anybody that got any questions or, or want to talk about anything I've spoken about in more detail. Uh, the official channel for us is, is best by email, uh, which is hello at water-plus.co.uk. Or they can also go on the Future Network uh, Zero website, who we work with uh, quite a lot as well, and they can contact us through that website. Great. Well, well, Ben, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. And also thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, just in terms of help and support available around the sustainability agenda and case studies, uh, do go onto FDF's website and also keep an eye out on our events page for webinars you can attend and also the upcoming FDF Awards in September, which I mentioned um, earlier that Water Plus are kindly sponsoring a category of. 
Uh, well, thank you once again, Ben, and uh, thank you all for listening. For more details of forthcoming podcasts, visit the FDF website. The FDF podcast is sponsored by Clark Energy.